Welcome to the Practical Prospecting Podcast with myself and co-host Sujan Patel, where in under 15 minutes, we're going to teach you practical tips to book more outbound meetings. Let's get into today's show. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to the Practical Prospecting Podcast. My name is Jed Marley. Today, I'm here with Justin Chi. He is the founder of Cold Email Hackers. Super excited to have him on. Uh, we love talking to cold email agency owners. And Justin, I just want to kind of start the conversation off by asking you, how did you get into this? Because you were obviously working at Zoom Info. We all know Zoom Info. Uh, looks like you did a good job there. But what kind of made you want to start your own agency? And how did you take that jump? And how did it go? Yeah, good question. So pretty straightforward. You know, I've always wanted to start a business. And I can talk about some, some of my early ventures when I was like 18. You know, we were selling graphics card. That failed pretty hard. But I got a textile shortly after, did that for about two, three years. And the way we started quoting my hackers was completely as a side hustle. We were having some success. I was having some success as an SDR, just sending cold emails. And then some founder friends, some friends of mine just asked me for help with sending cold emails. And I didn't really know what I was doing for those clients because, you know, Zoom Info is like a big brand name. They've got some of the stuff already set up. And frankly, I didn't know anything. But, um, you know, we started sending campaigns for those clients, realized we're going to spam. And I took it upon myself to kind of learn how to stay out of spam, how to get out of spam. So that's that's kind of how we started that. No, that's awesome. And I like that you mentioned the last part, which is staying out of spam. And I think over the last couple of years, people are understanding that that's far more important. I remember when I first started as an SDR, nobody's talking about that. You're just uploading stuff into, you know, whatever platform you're using and blasting out emails. So when you take on a new client or somebody reaches out to you, like Justin, my emails are going to spam. What are some of the things you look at and, and things you do to help them, you know, get out of spam and improve their deliverability? Yeah. So I'd like to make a distinction is early on, uh, once we figure out the spam thing, we were doing spam fixes for customers, but it's sort of like a fulfillment thing, right? It's like you tell a customer what to do, you set everything up for them. A lot of times they'll still go mess it up. So we've switched to just appointment setting. But as far as when I take on a customer, I mean, it's really straightforward. We do like MX toolbox. We'll check their email, see if they have their DKIM, DMARC, SPF, whatever set up. And then look at their practices, right? Like, are they cleaning? Are they validating their emails? Are they writing good copy? Links in first email? Are they putting links in there? Images, that kind of stuff. And then we just run a basic audit, just see if they're doing things right, doing things wrong. I mean, it's pretty straightforward. Yeah, no, I think people are surprised at how simple it can be because it sounds like a big task, but there's really just a checklist of five or six things to go through. One thing I'm curious about, because, you know, there's a lot of people that run outbound agencies, cold email agencies. What's your approach? I know you've been doing this for a little over a year. You said when you take on a new client, what's your approach? What are you kind of promising them? How do you essentially book meetings for them? Because a lot of people are doing cold email. Yes. Yeah, so I would say this took me a while to figure out, but the biggest thing is kind of batching customers. So I'll give you an example, like SEO agencies, right? I just started a recent batch of SEO agencies where it's like, we'll take on similar customers, customers that are similar to each other. So we don't have to spend too much time coming up with scripts, coming up with different pitches, and we just tweak it slightly to their niche or whatever, like construction SEO or, I don't know, restaurant SEO. We just tweak it a bit more. The messaging is more or less the same. I have been using AI a lot more in my prospecting. So think like Clay or Rose or Airtable. Just plugging in open AI and just like coming up with scripts like that, like value props, stuff like that. So uh, that's really interesting. I've been looking into Clay a lot recently. Anybody who's listening definitely needs to check out Clay. I think you can do like a week long trial, but definitely take a demo because you're going to get into the trial and be like, well, what the hell is this? Look at a blank board. But talk to me about how you're using Clay and AI in your process because 
I assume you're not doing a lot of like individual personalized emails. You got automated campaigns going up. So how is Clay and other AI tools helping you write emails that are still effective, even though they're not personalized? Yeah. So give you one example back to the SEO clients, right? This is one we've been having success with. And I sort of stole this idea from YouTube. I forgot who gave me this idea, but it's basically like this. So we'll send an email to an SEO on behalf of the SEO clients. We'll say like, let's say we're sending construction companies. We'll say like, Hey, you know, I, I noticed a few things that you're doing wrong for your website, right? You're ranking lower Google. You know, we insert a case study, like, Hey, we got this person 2000% more leads. And I say like, Oh, it's because we did the blog for them. And I say like, okay, do you want me to send some blog ideas I have for you and use AI to generate the blog ideas basically. So you would put that as a variable inside of clay on the sheet, and then you can set up a subsequence and just reply like that. So it would just, you don't have to sit there typing up the blog replies basically. So, yeah. And just to be clear, so you're not using AI to figure out, for example, what their dog's name is or what college no, they went like to. That. Yeah. I don't know like how you feel about that. Cause I feel like it works, but then did, what usually happens is if you have a bad message, they just say like, oh, okay, thanks. A uh, nice email, but like not interested. Yeah. I used to send a lot of those emails back in my CR days and you always get that good dopamine hit because people respond they're like this is an awesome email but it's not relevant so no thanks you know what i mean it doesn't get you to the end goal and i like what you're doing is you're personalized basing off of relevant buying signals which is what anybody should do and if you're interested in doing that with an automation definitely check out clay but um no yeah really interesting one thing i'm curious about too when you're running your your cold email campaigns what's the level of like aggression that you're using like can you talk to us about like how these campaigns are set up are you doing a lot of emails within a short amount of time is it a long kind of nurture type of sequence what does that process kind of look like i'll be frank like i know people have different opinions on this my opinion is like since i changed my title linkedin to founder like full time i've been getting a lot of these sequences from like sdrs and like sales reps and stuff and it kind of confirms what i was doing before so I like to think that you don't want to send too many steps. If your email is good, your first email is going to do the best, right? Like, you, I don't know if this has been your experience, but like the first email always does best for me. So what I'll do is I'll typically send like a one, two. So I'll send a first email spaced by one day for follow up. And I'll wait three more days, send another email with a similar pain point, but structured in a different way. And then that'll be followed up with another punch uh, one day later. And that's about it. I send four emails. It's, um, Pretty straightforward. I don't want to annoy the prospect too much because they start reporting you to spam and that's not good. I don't send breakup emails for that same reason. Yeah, I like how simple that is too, because I for there's been this data and I, I don't even know where it came from, but it's it's been around for a while where it's like you have to have 18 touch points to get in touch with somebody. It's like I almost feel like that's a an excuse for lazy targeting, messaging. I don't know what your opinion is on that, but I talked to a lot of people who are similar to you that aren't doing crazy aggressive sequences and still seeing results. Yeah, I think with relevant message, like you're going to get, I, th I think I have seen that study as well. It's like the first three messages get like 98% of the replies where I've had success with, and this doesn't scale up so well, I'm trying to figure out how to scale this, is getting cold callers to reach out behind the campaigns and like sending LinkedIn message. I'm trying to start LinkedIn campaigns as well, but that'll get some more touch points without being annoying. I think that's probably the way to go. Yeah, exactly. If you're doing email only, definitely don't do 18 touch points with email. You got to obviously include LinkedIn and, and cold calling as well. One thing I want to know, so if you're doing like four, maybe five emails throughout a sequence, are you doing, uh, is each email, does it have value as you would call it, like case studies, images, a new kind of block? Or are you doing like bump emails? I know a lot of people do just like short follow-up emails. What's your stance on like bump emails and kind of those follow-up emails to keep them relevant? 
yeah, bump emails. I mean, I know it's not best practice. I mean, other people would do different things, right? I put the, all the value in the first email and I just write bump or did you get this? And that's worked out pretty well for me. I guess um, one thing I want to say to the previous point though, as far as like sending a bunch of emails, it's like I've been having this one SDR or whatever. He's probably sent me like 20 something emails and it's all under the same thread. So it's just like kind of uh, to your point, it's like it's lazy prospecting. Yeah. Are you So across those four emails, is it two different threads or is it one thread for all four? It's two different threads. So it's like one thread reply, one thread reply. Interesting. Okay. And then what, can you give us an idea of like what your tech stack looks like? Uh, you mentioned Clay. What does everything look like as, you know, a you know, smaller founder-led agency? Yeah. So Clay, Smart Lead, Apollo, obviously, and then Reune or whatever sort of email verification service is cheapest. Like if you go on AppSumo, I think there's a Reune deal for 100,000 credits for $80. So that'll save you a lot of money. And then as far as other tech stack, I still make cold calls. So we have sales vanity. So making cold calls off that. And um, yeah, pretty straightforward, like Notion for documentation, a bunch of little stuff like that. But the main tech stack is Smart Lead, Apollo, and Clay. Nice. Yeah, I mean, good tech stack there. Again, check out tools like Clay. I can't recommend it enough. I mean, the, 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 those are the examples of like using AI to its best ability, not just to write kind of cheesy personalized emails. I kind of want to switch to something else that I'm curious about. So I feel like one of the hardest things people struggle with when it comes to cold email is targeting knowing who their true ICP is. Like I'll work with people and they'll say, yeah, my ICP is sales leaders at software startups. And it's like, that's so broad. You're not going to speak to anyone specifically. So when you work with a new client, how are you identifying who they have to target and getting really specific with your ICP? So as of right now, I work with clients that have done outbound in the past, right? So we have something to work off of. That's why we can charge pay per lead. I mean, I'll talk about what we're switching our business model to later. But as of right now, our clients are paper lead, right? It's like five meetings up front, they pay a deposit. So we figure out if they already have done outbound before. And even if they're not good outbound, they have some idea of who they're reaching out to. So we already vaguely have an idea. And then from there, it's just testing. I mean, we download lists. Like, let's say we have, I don't know, VP of marketing as our targeting, right? But then certain types of industries might respond better. We just blast messages till we figure it out. It's very straightforward. Makes sense. One thing I'm curious about too, because anybody anybody I talk to who's big into cold email, are there any strong opinions you have? Do you have any opinions on cold email that maybe most people disagree with or yeah, things of that nature? I mean, I'm not a fan of breakup emails. I would say biggest thing I've, I've, I've thought about is like, and I think other email agency owners agree and we are a bit biased, is I think SDRs should be under marketing and SDRs shouldn't send emails. Yeah, SDRs shouldn't send emails. I mean, you know this because of spam. I mean, Mailshake kind of solves this. Because you guys have that spam focus. But for most companies, it's like outreach or like a sales loft. It doesn't make sense for them to send emails, in my opinion. Interesting. I want to kind of dive into that a little bit. Why do you think that SDRs should be under marketing or, or, or marketing should be sending the emails? Are you proposing that SDRs just do the call follow-up in the LinkedIn? Exactly. And I think that because I think about my days as an SDR, right? It's like I was doing everything wrong. I was still getting meetings, but I was like not verifying the emails, sending out of one domain, that kind of stuff. And I was definitely wrecking the domain or whatever. So I'm just thinking about like what I was doing wrong, what I've seen people do wrong. And it's just a huge risk to the domain, especially as it gets harder. I'm sure you know. Yeah. And so one thing, because a lot of SDRs listen to this podcast as well, and I'm sure a lot of them are in situations where maybe they're at a bigger company where the process is the process, right? Like when you were at Zoom Info, I'm sure, you know, it's a huge company. You couldn't have said, hey guys, we all need to move to a new domain and all this stuff. What are some steps you would recommend they take to kind of improve their own process, whether that's 
resources they can look at to improve their cold email messaging or things of that nature? Where did you go to learn all this stuff? Honestly, all over the place. Like LinkedIn is good. Like Jesse, I'm sure you know Jesse Willett. Like he's got a lot of good content on deliverability. As far as like fixing deliverability by yourself, maybe just like verify your emails. There's not that much you can do unless you're willing to go and get your own system, uh, which is kind of risky in and of itself. Depends how much you like your job. As far as learning messaging, honestly, it's just testing. Like go on Twitter, go on LinkedIn, see what people are sending, ask your CEO, ask your VP, like what kind of emails they get, see if you can better understand what other people are sending. And then just do a lot of A-B testing, like, you know, follow Jed, like Jed has good tips and stuff. So, Yeah, appreciate that, man. Absolutely. Another thing I really wanted to ask too, because I know a lot of people who run agencies do cold emailing on, on behalf of their clients. What would you say is like the hardest part about getting that business going? or sustaining clients? Yeah, I would say early on, I'm getting much better at this, but it's like, and we're talking in the context of like starting a coding agency, right? Or are we just talking about coding emails in general? I guess both, whatever way you want to take it. You know what I mean? Starting a cold email agency, getting cold emails to work. Yeah, I would say biggest thing, this is the biggest thing I had to learn early on is when I was starting my agency, is working with customers that I don't really understand. I wasted a lot of time just figuring out angles, but I don't really understand the space like biotech or something, right? I don't know anything about biotech and I probably never will, but like cybersecurity, like I could sit down and try to learn cybersecurity, but it's like, I have other clients that are paying me the same that are a lot easier. So I should focus on them instead, that kind of stuff. As far as getting it working for agency, honestly, it's just going to take time. Like if you don't have experience doing it, just read as much as you can, talk to as many people as you can, play around until it works. That's basically, you're going to break stuff, but that's fine. Yeah. And I want to touch on the first thing you said, which is interesting too, because focusing on where you, it's like focusing on the easiest path almost, if you will. So like, for example, a big reason why I personally joined Mailshake is because I understand cold emails, I understand cold email software, deliverability, things of that nature. And so why would I not go into a lane where I already have a, an edge, a benefit? As a, I mean, if you have that option, I know that not everybody has the option to completely pick where they want to work or, you know, maybe what clients they want to work for. But if you know an industry better, or if you just have more experience, you know, by all means, kind of go in that direction. It's just kind of the law of least resistance. One last question, because we like to keep these podcasts around 15 minutes. In your opinion, you know, doing cold emails for years now, what do you think is the most important part of a cold email, the most impactful thing? Is it the subject line? Is it the call to action? Is it your intro line, value proposition? What do you think is the most important part? Right. I would say value proposition. I mean, that's really straightforward, right? Because I've seen emails where it's so long, doing everything wrong, but they have a great offer. They still book a lot of meetings. So definitely offer. And if you have a terrible offer, if you work for a company with a terrible offer, I mean, just think of how to spin it. So it sounds, I know this, this may not be the best advice, but this I've always done is like, think about how to spin it in a way that's truthful. You never want to lie but also highlights the best things that you do. Like focus on the problem, basically. Focus on how you solve the problem. Yeah, I want to read Focus on the problem. I think I agree because call to action, if your offer is relevant, it doesn't matter what your call to action is. People are going to hit you up and say like, yeah, let's jump on a call. And I think you're right. You should People should be spending 90% of their time figuring out, talking to customers, what is the actual problem we solve? How do our customers talk about that in their language? And how can I implement that into my email? So Justin, really good stuff. I mean, I think you shared a lot of good tips around cold emailing, running an agency. Guys, if you want to get better at cold email, definitely follow Justin. If you're looking for help with it, you know, obviously reach out to him. Yeah. He, uh, you know, pay for appointment. He does cold email uh, for other companies. Justin, anything you want to plug or anything we can point the audience to? Um, yes. Yeah, so lead gen agency owners, I am building automations for lead gen agency owners. I'll be posting videos over the next few weeks. So just follow me and keep an eye on that. Um, I'll be giving some tips as far as like 
how to automate the, the prospecting process, how to automate finding leads, that kind of stuff. So keep an eye out for that. Awesome. Definitely check that out, guys. I'm, I'm going to follow you for that, Justin, because I've been trying to learn a lot more about that. And, and, you know, the AI stuff is taking off faster than I think most people expect. And so it's not as complicated as it sounds. And people like you, Jesse, you mentioned earlier, I got another friend, Eric. I always say his last name wrong. Eric N. Nolowski, I think is how you say it. Yeah, he does great, great YouTube channel. Yep. Great YouTube channel. Um, these are the guys you got to follow if you want to get, you know, get ahead of the game and learn about AI like this. So, Justin, thanks again. And um, thanks for listening to the Practical Prospecting Podcast. Everyone. Thanks for listening to the Practical Prospecting Podcast. Remember to check out all the resources in the show notes. Feel free to leave us a review. And if you have any suggestions for future episodes, please don't hesitate to reach out. We'll catch you guys in the next one.